Hello and welcome to another edition of Citizen Reporter, the podcast. I am Mark Fonseca Rendeiro, and we're continuing on this series of conversations with my friends, many of which have been on this podcast in the past. But now, during this time of corona, talking to people around the world about how life is, what is going on, what projects they might be working on. And today, I'm very happy to have Dilip D'Souza in Mumbai, journalist, writer, esteemed friend. He's coming up. Hi there, Mark. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Yeah, we're using video, although the listeners only get to enjoy the dulcet tones of your voice. Um, but it's very nice to have you have you back. <laughs> okay. Yes. Likewise. We re- we remember your visit here. What is it? Four years ago. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We're in 2020, so that was 2016, the end of 2016. It's incredible. <laughs> the world is turned upside down in between. Yeah. Yeah, and even the simple, or perhaps. It's not so simple, but the act of, of visiting you or, or you, uh, anyone visiting anyone has now become, uh, I don't know, it yeah, seems less tenable. Yeah. yeah. So, so for people listening, because it's been a while, uh, I mean, the podcast marches on slowly. Uh, Dilip is a longtime friend of mine. Uh, we, we met because of your writing, Dilip. I don't know what you remember about when we met. <laughs> No, I remember reading your work and perhaps and that those are the days of leaving comments on blogs and I would leave comments. And and then I started the podcast and I reached out to you at that time because of Along, uh, I believe it was. But but so what I'm doing with this time that we have, <laughs> which we don't know how, how many yeah. weeks or months, uh, I'm reaching out to friends. It's also a nice opportunity uh, to, of course, say hello, to talk about daily life, uh, but also a bit in the context of Corona. I know I was reading your writing this morning and everyone can get a little tired of talking about Corona, but at the same time, there's still many things to talk about. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm also not going to stop talking about it uh, or asking my friends how they're doing and how this impacts them. So, and that's partially uh, having you on the podcast today, sharing our conversation with others. It's the idea that you're in Mumbai, uh, in all the the mass media that people consume. um, There's a lot of competition these days for stories of which country and what one country is going through. And of course, India is a large story. It always always is. uh, But at the same time, it's overshadowed at this moment, perhaps because it's early. Uh, How does it feel where you are? Well, you know, I, it's true. I I do look at what's happening in in the U.S. and then also in in Europe, France and Spain and and the U.K. perhaps. And and uh, you know, I mean, of course, I feel sorry for what's for a lot of what people are going through in those countries. But I'm I'm glad that we're not there. We we but but I can't say that I'm complacent about it because I just can't help feeling perhaps there's this time bomb ticking under our feet here. We just don't know how many cases there are. And, uh, you know, we are talking right now about, I think, close to 3,000 cases. But, you know, we haven't done testing on any kind of scale that, that South Korea or even in Europe you've achieved. So uh, if we ever get to that kind of testing, I don't even know if we can, then maybe we'll have a lot more cases. So, uh, you know, it's really up in the air. Uh, having said all that, the worrying part of, of what's happening in India is that 
at least in the figures that we have, which is all we have to go by, there has been a kind of increasing growth in the last few days. Uh, increasing, I mean, the growth itself is increasing, if you know what I mean. So yeah. uh, that that's a little worrying. But, you know, let's see. There might be blips. There might not be. I don't know yet. Yeah, you've, you've always written uh, on many things, culture, uh, current events, but there's always this element of math, and and here we are in a very much in a time of math. <laughs> it really is a time of math. I mean, I think mathematicians all all over the world, uh, if they are able to look past their plight in time of Corona, at least uh, they must be, you know, licking their their thumbs or whatever they lick their lips <laughs> in, in in delight that here's so so much data and so many things to find out. You know, it's 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 fascinating. It's a fascinating time. Yeah, but it's it's also this attempt because it it just feels like attempts to comprehend uh, what's happening, comprehend the scale. For some people, it's to comprehend the danger. Um, and, and yeah, and so when it comes to the numbers, this is our our way to try to, I guess, understand. Yeah, uh, it it is uh, in the absence of anything else because uh, I I mean, what am I? What can I understand about this uh, this this virus that? We don't have a vaccine for. I, I cannot tell where it is or who has it. Sometimes even the person next to me might have it and, and, and might show symptoms only a few days later. But at least the, the numbers I can look at and try to make, make some sense. So that's what I'm... Uh, yeah, I had a I have a neighbor who may in the end come on this podcast in the coming weeks, but he had a situation where his, uh, his partner, his wife, um, had... An illness, a flu-like illness, and um, went to a doctor, got sent to a specialist. Eventually, was told, "Yeah, yeah, it's it's probably corona," and then was sent home, uh, maybe with some minimal, some some medication. I'm not sure. It eventually cleared up, um, but now he's okay. he's very frustrated because he would like to be able to do a test to know if he had it. And I see the anger, right? We see social media, so we see the anger with which he types and the 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 frustration he has with the health system. And and when I look at it, of course, there are always good points, but part of it, I think, is I'm watching someone trying to have some power over their own lives in, in the limited room they have yeah. to have power, you know, to want to yeah. know. Um, I think a lot of people are going through something like uh, that. Absolutely, we want to know, you know... Uh, well, I mean, do I have it already? I feel fine, but a lot of the descriptions of this virus say that you will feel fine even if you have the virus for a while. I mean, it's going to take a while for the symptoms to come. So, I mean, do I just keep waiting for the symptoms to arrive or am I really okay? I don't know. You know, it's a, it's just a time of great uncertainty in, in a lot of ways. And uh, that is, I can, I, I share your neighbor's frustration about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how is your, we were talking a little bit about this before I started recording, so I'll ask you again here, um, your daily life. I mean, I've, I've been to your lovely home. Uh, I know your, your neighborhood a little bit. It's, it's a busy place. Uh, yeah. of course your home is a peaceful place, but, uh, out in the street, um, there's always between the, the vehicles, the people, um, and then there's of course your own life. Uh, how, you know, what's, what is it like right now? Like daily life well it's totally quiet uh, mark what else can i tell you it's a, you're right it's a it's a really busy street that we live on uh, uh, even though it's not a, it's not an overly busy street but you know over the years it's just got noisier and more and more people and cars and so on but now i go out 
uh, once a day in, at lunchtime to take uh, take lunch to my mother just down the road, and it's five minutes, and I I will see one person on the road in that time. You know, that is inconceivable. Uh, everything around me is empty. There's no traffic. Essentially, I don't even have to watch for traffic. It's uh, I can just walk without looking for traffic. But of course, my 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 instinct is to look around every time every time I cross the road. But there's nothing to watch for, and uh, you know we live we live right opposite. Uh, if you, I don't know if you remember a really famous cricketer called Sachin Tendulkar. Yes. Uh, and uh, I w- I don't even know if he's there or if he's not. But but if he ever wanted to come out and walk on the streets, which he would not be able to do in normal times, this might be the time to do it because there's nobody to to recognize him and come and come and form a little gang around him and you know cause him a, a minor riot, which would happen in other times. It's a very it's a very 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 strange time, but. You know that's that's true of everywhere in the world. So uh, there you are. Does it does it impact your sleeping? For example, if you're used to a certain amount of noise, now you don't have it. Is it harder to to sleep? <laughs> no, I, I mean that. No, I've never had problems sleeping. But I think uh, uh, we are finding that we are sleeping a little later than we used to. I don't know if that's a trend around the world, but we're uh, we're going to sleep. Uh, you know, typically we would be going to sleep around eleven thirty at night. Now it's at least an hour after that, and, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and maybe it'll it'll keep getting later and later. I don't know. So. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to say that I don't think things are as uh, the deadlines. It depends on your job, of course, but the deadlines, the what I need to do. There's so much less what I need to do. Uh, yeah. In these yeah. days, but every time I think that, I someone presents themselves saying, no, no, I still have big deadlines and oh, I, I, yeah. I really need to get this done and I'm busy. So I'm still encountering yeah. busy people, even though they're people home. Busy. They're home, yeah. Well, I can see that. I, I mean, I, I work from home anyway. So in, in some sense, this doesn't feel any different. So, uh, but, but, you know, I've been finding other things to do also. So Yeah. But the people outside, you know, thinking about I mean, I always think of all the people selling things on the street or making food, but also like rickshaws. So they're not on the street, but where are they? I mean, you could say they're home, but... I don't know, Mark. You know, uh, a lot of them, I think, have just gone off. A lot of these people are migrant laborers. They've come from other states. And I'm sure you've heard the stories about how last week when we started this lockdown, a whole lot of people just left left their... homes in the cities and started trekking home to their villages. In some cases, because no transport, people have walked 200 kilometers and more to get back home. So it's, uh, uh, it's a lot of those kinds of people. But, you know, for example, we know a taxi driver really well who uh, totally out of business here. So he wanted to go home. He asked us for a small loan so he could, you know, buy buy petrol on the way. But he got to the to the outskirts of Bombay and and the police turned him back saying you cannot go for, go any further. So actually I don't know where he is. He must be back in wherever his little home is here in Bombay but he hasn't answered his phone the last couple of times I've called. So I don't know how these guys like that are doing, you know, I really don't know. I I hadn't realized that there was a now an, a limit to who could leave the city. And so indeed, yeah, going home to whatever village you come from, whatever place is no longer a possibility. Well, because I mean we we're trying to contain the virus as locally as we can, so we're preventing people from crossing state borders. First, it was uh, we were trying to prevent people from coming in from outside the country. Then we started uh, the state borders were sealed. Now district borders are sealed, and 
you know, who knows, one of these days we'll, we'll all be sealed into our little homes and we cannot leave them, you know. We, we may come to that. Yeah. Or maybe into our bedroom and, and not the dining room or something. I don't know. But <laughs> it's been getting smaller in that sense, yeah. Yeah. I was speaking with friends yesterday who their family is from New Zealand and they were making their way back from Italy a few weeks ago uh, trying to get back to New Zealand. Of course, that brought many complications. And uh, strangely enough, they're, they work in the, well, the wife, uh, husband and wife, the wife works uh, as a doctor or a nurse. And now, according to the rules in New Zealand, they have to live, although they live in the same house, they have to live very separate uh, lives, separate, even the, the what they use for cooking and eating, separate. Uh, they cannot eat from the same dishes or the same silverware. And it's really, yeah, we say the separation in the house. These are rules in New Zealand. If you're living oh. with um, someone working right now in a medical profession. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. They're taking it seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's this question of even protecting people in the same house, uh, in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the on the all these um, so the districts, the 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 states being controlled uh, at the border. I understand. Um, how much, like, in terms of on the street control, is there, or is this, or is the rest of this just people voluntarily not coming outside, or is there? Does anyone question or ask you or check? Well, uh, okay. So there are. Right outside me on the street, no, I could, like I, I told you, I walked to my mother's and nobody ever stops me. But a few days ago, I was walking along the seafront that's near where we live. It's a very nice walk. Oh, right. I, know, I take our ordinary. I the beach. Yeah. So I just walked to the end. And there was nobody on the seafront. And I walked to the end and I started turning to come back and two cops stopped me and said, no, no, you can't do this. I said, well, I just came this way. And they said, well, go back the way you came. So I said, well, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to go back the way I came. And they said, no, but you can't do it on this promenade. If you want to go inside and take take one of the inner streets. So I had to go inside and, and do that. I, I don't know the, understand the logic, but there you are. Yeah. But I'm also told there are some, uh, they call them something, maybe lockdown zones or something in different parts of the city where they've identified smaller outbreaks of this disease. And so they're, they're saying they've, they've blocked off those streets or the, those little housing colonies, whatever they are, and people are not being allowed in or out of those places. For example, I have a friend uh, who runs a restaurant here, uh, and he, so he's at home, and he's been at home in his flat for the last, uh, he told me last night, maybe 10 days. Uh, he's been not allowing anyone in and out because there are a couple of corona cases in his building. So uh, they're trying to contain it there. So, you know, there are a lot of, lot of places like that. So if I, if I had to try and visit him, of course, I can't do that, but I would be stopped. Uh, at some point outside his lane or outside his uh, outside his gate or something. Yeah. yeah. What are, you just reminded me? What are are the restaurants doing? Those that exist and uh, are they doing any kind of? We still are open. You just can't sit here. No, that's the kind no. Of, no, they're closed. Every, everybody's shut down. Uh, I don't know if these delivery there are these uh, food delivery places. I'm not sure. I, I believe they're still working some of them. So maybe there are a few restaurants that are still doing takeout stuff, which they'll only deliver at home. But uh, we haven't tried it anyway, so I don't know. The, the ones that I know about, the ones around me anywhere close by are all closed, so yeah. all shut. So it's it's you can get food from shops that yeah. sell food. They're allowed to continue. Yeah, they're, they're allowed to continue. Grocery stores I can go to and so on. But even the, the closer, our nearest grocery store where we go all the time, uh, they've got a sign up saying no mask, no entry. So... I've got to wear a got to wear a mask. So 
Okay. Oh, this mask thing is another story. <laughs> I was just reading, just, I'm always trying to follow information about where masks are being made, where they get sent, and these days where they might end up, even though they were destined yeah. for a certain country. For somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, okay, so you yeah. have to so, wear a mask. Huh. Yes, uh, so I was uh, a little doubtful about that to start with because the early wisdom was that only doctors and and uh, people who are sick need to wear them. But now there's more and more articles coming out that saying, no, everybody should wear them. And that's the Czech Republic has done well fighting off the disease because everybody wore the war mask. So, you know, so now I've been saying, all right, I'll wear, if not a mask, at least a a handkerchief, a bandana yep. over my head, or yep. over my mouth and nose. Yep. So, some so, kind of protection. So you look like you're, you're a bandit in the Old West. Something. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's my, my life's uh, purpose has been achieved. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> to live it. in a Western. Uh, You brought up something in your most recent, or I think one of your most recent articles that I'll that I'll link to, on the the phenomenon of the um, uh, tuberculosis vaccinations or countries that have had. Uh, can you can you explain it a little bit? Yeah. Uh, of course, I recommend people read it. So, but. Well, there, there is, you know, we were just talking a few minutes earlier about how this is a bonanza time for uh, for mathematicians for epidemiology and so on. So there are actually these are not mathematicians, but they're actually doctors, neuroscientists who just are looking at the data and they try to answer this question, why have some countries, uh, you know, had so many cases and some other countries not? I mean, it is intriguing if you look at the data. I mean, why does Japan have only 2,000 cases, but next door China has whatever, 50,000 or whatever the number is, you know? So, uh, whereas in fact, they both had their first cases at about the same time, China and Japan. So you look at these and you start to wonder, what's the difference? And so these guys have found a correlation, at least they claim they have, between uh, countries that have done widespread BCG vaccination, which is a tuberculosis vaccine. To the, to, uh, they had regimes in place to do the BCG vaccine to their kids, right, right uh, you know, from the start, from, at birth. And uh, so those countries, according to these guys, have had a smaller incidence uh, or lower incidence of the coronavirus. And the ones that have not done that or, or used to have the CB uh, uh, regime in place but have given it up, those countries have had a much higher incidence. Hmm. Now, uh, doctors I've spoken to uh, or reacted to my article have already said, you know, uh, I have a lot of problems with this okay. for this reason. For one thing, it's not peer-reviewed. That's a big thing. You know, it's, it's just a paper these guys have put up. But they, they say so too. You, uh, yeah. It's just and, numbers. And the other yeah, they're just numbers. We've tried to draw correlations. And, you know, there are other people say that, you know, they've looked at much earlier data. The data is from about two and a half, three weeks ago. And things are changing so fast in this pandemic that, you know, maybe if they did it today, it would not, it would not show the same results. But fair enough. Those, that's the data they were working with at the time. So, I mean, to me, this is the nature of epidemiology. You know, you, uh, you just look for correlations and and if there is one, good. It may be worth investigating a little bit more. You also might find that looking a bit more, it's not worth investigating. Fine, but 
they've just found a possible correlation. And I think there's value to at least checking it out. Yeah. And, and I, that's why I wrote that article. Yeah. yeah. And I have heard, uh, I happen, my, my girlfriend is a researcher uh, in, in the area of, of um, well, cancer actually, but um, she always likes to keep up with what's going on in terms of um, health and medicine and research. And there are, in fact, uh, a couple of uh, tests being done with um, tuberculosis vaccinations related yeah. to corona. I don't fully understand how it works, to be honest. But I know that yeah. they're testing. Netherlands is one place. Uh, I heard Massachusetts was another. And okay. um, it's trying to find if there's any um, connection, at least uh, possibly as a as a vaccine, uh, but some connection between the tuberculosis uh, vaccine and and corona. Uh, but yeah. I, my first question was, how long do these tests take? And uh, the the answer, of course, was it depends. Um, some take longer than others. Yeah. Uh, some are just preliminary yeah. data, so it's a really really small step in a long process. But still, like you say, <laughs> there might be a connection there. There might be, and what what looking at that's all. that's all. At this time, you know, everybody's clutching at straws. So. So this is one more straw to clutch at. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that you can get immediate feedback from doctors who have something to say about what you've written. And <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I At least uh, two or three wrote to me uh, or called me. One uh, friend of mine, She, I was speaking to her last night, and she said, you know, I just read your article, and I have serious problems with it. So I said, all right. Well, first of all, I, I said, do you have serious problems with, with what I wrote or with the paper? She said, oh, with the paper. I said, okay, well. I'm I'm not the guy that you you're, 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 <laughs> ah. you're angry with. No, okay. But so. you, you gave it more attention. That's yeah. There you are. That's it. Yeah. That's like the there's a there's a movement or a sentiment, which I completely understand. I think you will too in the American press, uh, to potentially stop. Uh, rebroadcasting or, or communicating the the U.S. president's uh, pr uh, press events uh, what? Uh, because what they, a, because because he's, well, I can fully understand yeah. what what does he say? I mean, right. he's, he's, there's always something contradictory, or he's, he's lying, or he's but he's, you know backtracking on what he said. I don't get it. You know. Wow, well, it's it's a person just scraping around in the dark in some way, I think, but but in a very loud way. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right, very loud way. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's a very very they're very strange speeches. So I kind of understand the movement that says, don't don't give him more attention or don't broadcast it. But it's don't a, give him more. It's yeah. a lot to ask of a country that is that holds the presidency in such a regard, no matter who it is. Yeah. To say, oh yeah, no no, yeah. don't cover him. He's he's irresponsible. Don't cover him. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sad. It's very really sad. At at this time, when 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 I guess you need leadership, you have this this kind of guy in in, in a position of power. Yeah? So. yeah. Although you know, so a lot of people. I mean, it's very uh, understandable. There's there's a basis to it to criticize, uh, for example, the U.S. president as someone who's really mishandled the situation. I know other presidents are also getting a lot of slack. Um, but sometimes I wonder if. It's this is much bigger than one person. Um, you know, I looked at some of this information about the being prepared for such a situation, and it can go back many presidents, uh, including some presidents that we all love, like Obama, um, who in, were included in this era where the the system for how to handle a pandemic was sort of or privatized or shoved shoved to the side. Or so it's yeah. I try to resist putting so much on one person, but I guess I'm underestimating how influential a leader can be in such a time. 
uh, that people are. Well, I mean, uh, it's at some level, I think you do need leadership, so, somebody to provide uh, moral, ethical, uh, you know, visionary kind of of leadership, just to tell people, you know, this is the way we are going, and and uh, we're, these are the steps we're taking, and you know, we and explaining it like we believe this is for the this is for the best of the country, you know, or this is for the country's good, whatever, and this is why. These are the reasons we're doing this. I mean, I think we all look for that kind of reassurance in a time like this. We know that something worthwhile is being done. And I think that's why you need leaders. Maybe he doesn't have the answers. I mean, obviously he doesn't have the answers, but at least if he's able to tell, give us that kind of, some, some kind of reassurance, I think it helps. Yeah. Do you remember the, uh, the television series, The Office? You had this boss who was sort of... No, I never did. Oh, okay, so you have this image of the American boss that wants to be a friend, wants to be funny, okay. entertaining, and occasionally okay. might want to be an actual good boss, but it's really not high on his priorities. Oh, and right, right. and okay. I'm, 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 because of the time we have, I'm, I'm watching The Office again because I wanted to revisit this style of humor, but also some of the logic in it. And I see a correlation there sometimes between a Trump and a uh, manager in The Office, which is... First of all, there's this need to always be entertaining and be like, you know, the smart one, like I'm a genius. No matter what happens, you never say you're wrong, um, which I see, you know, it's very prevalent, not just uh, with the American president right now, but there's a lot of leadership culture that is like that. And also and also this idea that it doesn't matter how bad things are, are things are, I have to keep uh, talking as if everything is fine. And it seems like I'm trying to understand Trump sometimes like beyond the gusto. And I think that there's a, he, I think he really believes that that's what he should do. Like always talk that's like everything you. is fine. Like, everything is, is all right, right? No matter yeah, what. I, I, yeah, I, I think there is some of that. But so yeah, thinking of leadership, I mean, I haven't not watched any kind of Modi speeches or, uh, but what kind of uh, mood or, or advice, how is he doing as a leader in this time? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a touchy topic, I'd say. Oh, because some uh, people think he's great and some people don't. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that's definitely true. I mean, you know, look, he's told us, he, came, he went on national TV yesterday and gave us this 10-minute or 15-minute address where we were all waiting to hear, at least I was waiting to hear, you know, what is our government doing? What is the, there are so many questions I have on various different aspects. of it. Give me some idea of what, what's happening about that. But he spent that 10 minutes telling us, I want you to do something on Sunday evening for the country. And what is that something? On s tomorrow evening at 9 p.m., he wants us all to turn off our lights and hold candles in our windows and balconies or our front doors. And that's it. All together, all uh, 1.3 billion of us, he wants us to hold candles for nine, for nine minutes. Mm. And that's it. Then he said, okay, namaste, and that is the end of it. That is the end of his speech. That's all he said. And all of us are looking at each other and saying, is this, is this, is this what he's trying to get us to do? I mean, really? Is he serious? A candle? But that's what he, that's what he's given us. And uh, you know, immediately within a few minutes of this, there is there are WhatsApp messages making the round saying, "Oh, this is so." He, Mr. Modi is so wise. He's used the, <laughs> uh, you know, it's the position of the moon here and, the, and Saturn there, and they're they're casting their energies on us at that time, and therefore it's a really good thing. The light will come and it will defeat the coronavirus. All these stupid 
stupid astrological uh, explanations, which of course they had not thought of before Modi spoke. But after he spoke, yes, they, everybody said, "Oh yeah, yeah, this is in line." With I the see what he means. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So, wow. so I mean, what do you to say to something like this? I, I don't know. I, this, to me, this is not leadership. But, but uh, you know, I'm, there are many people who disagree with me on that. Uh, understood. Understood. To put you on the spot. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's not a case of someone because he can't at this point. But we have, still have leaders who is denying that this is serious or that is no, no, telling no, people to just be be norm, do your usual thing. No, I, he's not. He, to he his can't. credit, he said, you know, he's told us stay at home and. And uh, don't go out. And that's very important in in fighting this. That you stay at home and don't gather in uh, you know groups and all that. The usual stuff about lockdown and social distancing, all that stuff. That's that's all there. But uh, you know, there's lots of questions about the, what's happening to the poor. Who's taking care of them? How are you taking care of them? What about these migrant laborers? You know, and how long is this going to continue? How are we going to come out of this lockdown? What's going to happen more long term? None of those. We have no answers to any of those. We don't know if there are any plans. What are the plans in the works? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's also... It immediately makes me wonder, one of those many, many questions is the classic one of, okay, if you're a business that has to close, such as a restaurant, um, and we go through this for weeks and months, is there anything from a government, from at least the national government, to to help people out money-wise? I mean, we've seen some programs in different countries. Yeah. And, and so, I yeah. mean, it's true. We, we have... Uh... Uh, exactly that. There are people who are on daily wages. So what's going to happen to their wages? So there have been programs announced by our state governments and by Modi's government to, to address some of that. But for example, now this this uh, restaurant owner whom I told you about, uh, who who's closed his restaurant, he says his landlord still wants to wants to collect the rent. Ah yes. And so what happens to that? It's it's a huge amount of money every month, and the landlord says, well, you know, I've got to pay my municipal taxes and so what how am i to pay that so is is somebody going to announce that there will be a moratorium on these taxes or, or you know at least you pay them later or or for two months we won't collect them i don't know what, but surely there should be something because how is this guy whose restaurant whose cash flow is anyway kind of daily he's already in in the red because he has to pay his his uh, staff and so on but what happens to a guy like that if he has to pay this huge amount of rent? What goes? How is he to continue for much longer? And he says, if therefore, if this thing continues and I have to keep paying rent for the next more than the next month, I'm out of business. Right. That's the end of that. Which is, so, I mean, there's a high chance that if this continues, that's what will happen. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, he can't be the only one. There must be lots of small businesses like that that are are looking straight at closure. Or, or, you know, shutting down pretty soon. So. It does make me curious about individual states' responses right now and who is who is going beyond uh, or, or at least doing some of what is needed in terms of breaks and, and policies. Oh, I'll keep an eye out in the in the media. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it should be a time for creativity uh, in terms of how to help people or how to address some of the, the issues. But I don't know, so many times it doesn't feel like a very creative time. It feels sort of like a, 
uh, whatever works kind of time or uh, no i i mean i i do think there are people uh, reaching out in different ways uh, you know standard things about uh, uh, you know collecting food for people who are on the streets or uh, collecting donations all that is going on but there are even some other things or people you know you've heard of it, how everybody's using zoom in, in different ways right to uh, uh, meet uh, you know meet people <laughs> and yeah. And of course, now Zoom is now falling off the radar because apparently there are all these security issues with Zoom. Oh, yes. I saw the articles. Yes, yes. Yeah. But now, for example, I, I, I belong to this little group called uh, Mumbai Harmonics. We play harmonica. And uh, so a, f we, a few days ago, we met over Zoom and every, we all, because normally we meet once a month and play in a public park. We do what's called busking for people or walking park. But uh, so now we just, just eight or nine of us got together on Zoom and just spent an hour playing songs to each other. So, you know, stuff like that goes on. And I actually, I'm also taking online lessons. I want to learn the blues. Oh, yeah. Harmonica. So I'm, I'm uh, pra practicing that every day. So you're talking about creativity. I think we all also finding ways to fill our time. True. Ways. Yeah. So this, I, this is the time to do that. Nice. I, I have a pub quiz tonight. I think there will be 50 people uh, on, yes, on a video chat. And the sort of quiz master has the, the main questions on the screen. And then we're all on little little video chat bubbles. Uh, right, right, right. He, right. he keeps us mostly silenced, but we, we, can, we can react in, in visuals. Different uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this That's has become right. the big Saturday night activity in this new world. <laughs> uh, yes, right. And uh, th there was an article also here about how uh, you know, phone services, the internet service providers are struggling to keep up with the demand for data because all Indians now, 1.3 billion of us are, are now at home on our phones trying to get, the only entertainment we have is off the internet. So they're struggling to keep up. They didn't anticipate such huge requirements for data. So, uh, but, but that's what's going on. So, and, and at a time like this, they're finding it hard to actually add to the capacity. You know, put put in the put in the towers or whatever that they need to to increase their capacity. So, a lot of people are facing slowdowns as a result. But you know, those are smaller issues. True, but but it is a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even to 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 know that uh, we'll see what happens with Zoom. But uh, a company that does video chatting is currently worth more, at least in this world of financial markets and stocks, than an airline uh, or any airline. That's really yeah. If I told you that a few years ago, you would have said, how? No, you know, but now it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you are. Yeah. You know, speaking of, of airlines, actually, uh, uh, I, I follow this thing. Uh, I, anytime somebody is flying in, I, I look at their flight on something oh, called Flight Radar 24. Sure, I don't know sure. I do. Yeah. So anytime you open that Flight Radar 24, there are planes by the, by the thousands all over the world, especially over India. I mean, particularly because I'm, I'm following flights in India. But any, now, at this time, you open that and you see the map of India, and you can count maybe 20 flights over the whole country. 20. And th those are, and you look at them, they're all cargo flights, maybe, or they're flights that are overflying, like maybe from Hong Kong, Dubai or something. They're flying over India. Otherwise, there's nothing. 20 flights. It's, just, it's like we've gone back to the 1920s or something, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And I have always wondered what our our cities, especially our cities, sounded like then. I mean, everyone can show you a photo or tell a story, but now I'm getting an idea of a time where there were less, there were just less vehicles everywhere. 
yeah. Um, yeah. and it's yeah yeah we're getting a lot of of course this phenomenon of wildlife or uh, animals that are now that have more space yeah but I mean here it's it's geese <laughs> for some reason geese are are walking well, further than uh, they used to well we are seeing many more birds also you know we just see them outside and flying around and uh, there was a clip circulated yesterday of this really pretty bird called the gray hornbill which uh, which I have never seen except in in out in the forests or out but it was on somebody's balcony in the middle of Bombay yesterday so this little clip has made the round so do you so, you know do you feel the um i guess it's an easy question but the the air quality difference when you take a deep breath outside and so forth it 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 certainly feels better it it certainly looks clearer <laughs> uh, i mean i'm yeah. looking out now it's, it's we've had days like this now for the last 9 10 days it's totally clear you can see for miles, you know, it's, I've never not seen uh, a city like this in a long time. And then again, another another set of photographs that just got circulated is this town called Jalandhar in the north in Punjab, where for the first time they're, they're seeing this uh, uh, snow-covered mountain range that's about 200 kilometers away, which they've never been able to see in anybody's lifetime in that town. Mm-hmm. Suddenly now that uh, the air is cleared up somewhat, they can see those, those snow-capped mountains. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think that... Yeah, there, uh, there are some upsides to all of this. Yeah, it is, it is a question like, you know, everyone always says, what lessons will we learn from this? What lessons, what what habits will we take with us? And then, of course, we know, like, uh, I think it was Delhi last year had their their bad was it smog, I think, or smoke days where they were doing traffic, alternate traffic days. Uh, and I do wonder sometimes if... What, you're talking about Delhi. I think it was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Delhi has experimented with uh, odd and even days for a while. They said that uh, you know if you if you have a uh, odd number, uh, the the tag on your vehicle, then you can come on 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 odd days or whatever it is. You know, you so they're trying to alternate, get half the cars off. But I have friends who all they've done is gone and bought another license <laughs> tag, right? And, uh, <laughs> and they put that on and they drive. You know, right. uh, so but I, I don't wonder- know what. I wonder if new habits will form. I mean, I know it's not. Unfortunately, it's it seems to take a back seat. It's not priority the the environment um, when when we're talking about pandemics. But it would be amazing if if we would take some habits and say, you know, it was really good when we didn't allow vehicles for a day or or just did things yes. differently. Uh, you know. Yeah. I I, uh, I that's my hope too. The environment, and I keep hoping also that. Just in our interactions with each other would be, I keep hoping we'll be a little less uh, aggressive, a little less full of hate. Yes. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but, you know, it, it's, it should be a lesson to us in some ways. You know, this, this pandemic is not targeting only Muslims or only Hindus or only Christians. Everybody is at, right. uh, right. at risk. So, yeah. you know, let's recognize our, our common humanity and True. let's try to, let's recognize our common planet. It's also interesting, and and I know you're a fan of some professional sports. uh, I am too. And it's, you know, there's none. (laughs) And and on the one hand, I think, well, people go a little too crazy anyway. So this might be a nice little little change in the constant cycle of sports starting, sports ending, Uh, sports starting. But at the same time, I do wonder, where does all that energy go that people pour into sports as fans now? Uh, now it's scary yeah yeah. (laughs) have you seen the little clips of this uh british uh sports uh he's like a commentator i guess he 
you know, he normally does commentary on football or boxing or something, or uh, the Olympics. But now he's reduced to doing, he, he just takes a camera and he goes to the street and he sees these uh, four women walking past with stro- strollers and their babies. He gives us a commentary as like, a sports play. commentary. On the yeah. So play-by-play play still continues. Yes, oh. yeah, yeah. See, yeah, we will appreciate everyday things as a as an activity. But it is a strange time, right? No sports at all. I mean, no sports. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dilip, it's a, a pleasure to hear from you. Uh, fun to catch up. Uh, I'm glad you're well. <laughs> and uh, it's a tough time in the world, but I'm at the same time, I'm glad we can connect and share stories with people because I think it's not all terrible news. There's some no, it's goodness not. here. Yes, goodness. And, and uh, one of those goodness, those good things that it sometimes sounds a little hokey, but I really think it is a big thing that you, you connect with friends whom you haven't spoken to in a while. And this is the time to do that and to remember what they mean to you. And so I've been trying to do that. And therefore, I'm I'm truly glad that you reached out at, at this particular moment and we could have a chat like this. So yeah, let's do it again. Let's, let's do it again. Exactly. Let's do it again. Dilip D'Souza is an award-winning journalist and author. You can find links to his writing as well as his books on citizenreporter.org. You can also find his books, of course, directly on Amazon. Published this year, The Daoli Wallas, the true story of the 1962 Chinese-Indian internment. But there are also many others. He was speaking with us from Mumbai in India. And that'll do it for this edition of Citizen Reporter. At this point, I hope that you're enjoying and that you've gotten to enjoy some of our publications, some of our podcasts from the last few weeks. It's now week four, where I am, of uh, self-isolation, as I think they call it. If you find yourself wanting to hear more and you're not already subscribed, as I always say, in your phone, on your device, there's a podcast app In that app, you can find Citizen Reporter or find me, Mark Fonseca Rendeiro, and there you can subscribe and get every show as we go. There are a lot more people coming up from different corners of the world. There's even a few non-corona-related stories, although in the end, every story is a human story, and it just so happens that we're all living a very shared experience right now, something very rare, in fact, in today's complex world. Anyway, I'm glad to be with you. I hope you're doing well wherever you are. And until next time, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. See ya. See ya.
Music on today's podcast was by King Imagine with the song Wrong Way to Know, Jesse Spillane with the song Molten Snow, and La Venganza de Chitara with the song Milan. Our theme music was by Nick Aflito and Sparrow Recording. Check them out on Instagram and all the places. Sparrow Recording. All published under CCBYSA 4.0 licenses. <laughs>